Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly astrology and tarot podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. Hello, Stephanie. Hello, Megan. And hello, September. Hello, September. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that this month we are shifting into autumn. And I love saying autumnal equinox. Say that five times real fast. We'll talk about the equinox and everything in today's podcast, but let's dig right in with the astrology for September. Now, we start off the month with Labor Day weekend, and it's kind of a big weekend with planets shifting directions. We have Venus going direct. Should we pause and clap? For that, I think everybody's been waiting, waiting for Venus to go direct. And then that happens on September the 3rd. And then on September the 4th, the very next day, we have Jupiter going retrograde. So that's a lot of big Venus and Jupiter energy during the Labor Day weekend. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting, right, in terms of, you know, Labor Day, at least in the United States, always like feels like this demarcation of like summer's over, even though it's not obviously officially over. But there's this three-day weekend and psychologically, it's like, okay, all the fun and frolic is in the past (laughs) and back to work and back to school and back to seriousness. And so it is really interesting that there's so much heightened potential this weekend. I mean, with Venus shifting direct, right? And so station Venus, heightened Venus, it is a lot of potential for very Labor Day activities, like social activities of delicious food and drink and sort of um, lushness, my favorite word, Mm -hmm. you know, so lots of Venus energy. And then the next day, so then it's all weekend, like Jupiter stationing is, you know, Jupiter is about expansion and bigness and moreness, right? So like big social, right? Lots of deliciousness. I mean, it definitely feels like it has the makings of some uh, hedonistic, uh, sybaritic <laughs> qualities this week, that this that weekend. But again, to your point, like Venus, not to just talk about big Venus because of the station, but Venus is going out of retrograde. So like, what's your thoughts? Like, what do you make of that in the last six weeks? What are my thoughts? Thank God. Um, okay, why? No, but why? Say why. I'm curious. We'll say why. Well, and also just a reminder that, you know, the first two weeks of the month, we're still in the, the you know, we've got the Mercury retrograde going on too. We'll talk about that. I don't know. I just have felt like I've heard this from so many friends and clients and myself. It just really felt with the Venus retrograde, like a lot of work. It felt like, and I was trying to be mindful, you know, as we say during the podcast about, you know, stepping back and reflecting and allowing myself to really kind of muse a little bit on those Leo energies. But I really found myself getting triggered a lot. And really triggered around some of those Leo themes of like feeling like I wasn't being recognized, feeling like I wasn't 
being appreciated, feeling like I wasn't being valued. And it would happen in these ways that you would not expect, right? You're just going along and then all of a sudden you kind of get hit with this energy of feeling underappreciated. And so it really forced me to kind of take a step back and say, well, gosh, you know, where am I investing my energy? Where am I really putting, you know, my energy into? Is it something Venus that I feel feel like is valuing me? So for me, and I have Leo rising, so it did feel really triggering. And I heard from so many clients like, what the heck is going on? When is that retrograde going to be over? And so I think it was for many. How about how about you, Steph? By the way, I love that. I mean, I also love it in terms of like you sharing that like deep detail of how that's arising. And I feel like, you know, with the retrograde, right, we might like see something or it might get triggered by that. Like you were talking about sort of the Venus and Leo, the appreciation, recognition. And then I feel like the retrograde piece is instead of just like, okay, I assume this is the way it is, is let me look at this. Yeah. Like, let me yeah. take a different, like it's a, you know, cause that retrograde is a different orientation and hopefully right through that different orientation with whatever it is that we felt stuck, right. Yeah. Or we felt paused or we felt was in a little bit um, rough and tumble that <laughs> we, you know, then say, okay, but wait, why? Like, let me see how I can reorient to this. Um, yeah. I mean, I always feel too like on paper, you know, I'm very much like retrogrades are so great because they give us a time to reevaluate and reflect and reassess and they are really, really important. And yet I always, you know, still have to remind myself like patience, patience, patience. It's like, okay, can just this be done? Like I've reflected, I've reevaluated. I think I've <laughs> accessed like some undercurrents and yet it's still you just have, still have to wait. You have to wait. You have to wait because there is more treasure to be found. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of just reevaluating what you value, for me, the retrograde was mostly in my third house, which mm. is about it's about many things, but where I've seen it is related to communication projects and my writing and my, you know, how I want to stand as an educator, basically in terms of the projects that I was thinking about doing and then like letting them come to that natural pause because also other things took my attention. And then now looking at them and saying, hmm, is this really the best way of moving forward? And so as much as in the beginning, I was very like, good to go, let's go, I want to do this, and then got frustrated that I wasn't having traction, I realized in the end, actually, this is really valuable, because I think this new approach is going to be better. So mm. um, yeah, just to see, and again, it was J- July 22nd to September 3rd was this um, Venus retrograde. And so now that it's direct, like, what did you realize in terms of what is truly a treasure? And how do you take that and integrate that into, you know, your forward movement? Yeah. Yeah. And I I love that you're talking about the difference between a retrograde on paper and a retrograde in real life. And I do think, you know, a word that comes up for many in any retrograde is the word frustration. And oftentimes, because you feel like things are not happening the way you want them to happen. 
And, but like you're saying, you know, if you work with it, then there's opportunities to reinvent something or do it differently. Now, since we're talking about the retrogrades, do you want to say anything about Jupiter going retrograde? I do, but I want to actually just speak one more moment to like what you said, because something just like yeah, sort of great. sparked for me. Um, I And it's more, one is more of a question, like the way we want it to go. I also wonder if that's also very like attuned to Leo, which is sort yeah. of like my expression or how I feel like this should should move forward. But also to remember that because of its retrograde, recent retrograde, you know, Venus is in Leo for forever, right? It like went in <laughs> in the beginning of June. It doesn't leave until the beginning of October. So now that it's out of retrograde, what are we learning in terms of how we really want to hold the deepened capacity of our heart and mm. create to be generative and generous in this new way? So just to note, like, there's still a lot of Venus and Leo energy, but it's now this ideally more integrated you know, coming from a more holistic perspective. So. Well, well said, Stephanie. I'm glad you brought that up. So Jupiter retrograde. Um, I mean, personally, I don't, you know, I'm much more focused on the retrograde of, v- of Venus and Mercury and Mars. But I do think, right, that like Jupiter retrograde in Taurus is going back over, you know, how we bring growth and expansion to our life through, you know, the yeah. practical and the pragmatic, you yeah. know, and how we, you, you know, relate with our assets and, you know, and, and use them and their value. And, you know, I think, though, it could be like a nice sort of course correction if we've been getting too big or too exponential or too um, overly optimistic, if you will, if we've been expanding beyond our bounds. Um, but again, I think that Labor Day weekend, right? So like, because it's it goes retrograde on the 4th, is, you know, be in possibility and be in potential, but also like, you know, watch that excess is actually oftentimes excess. Yeah. I like that you're bringing up the idea of course correction too, with that, with that Jupiter energy with the Taurus. So I think it's going to be a real opportunity to take a look at that. And just to kind of wrap up the retrograde news, like I said before, we mentioned before is, you know, Mercury is retrograde for the first couple of weeks of the month and it does go direct on the 15th. And it almost feels like at that point, we might start to feel a little bit more movement, a little bit, especially with the Virgo energy, you know, a little bit more movement in that Virgo kind of way, which is, you know, dealing with the details, the mundane tasks, getting things in order, paying attention to your health and well-being. And so it'll be interesting to see around mid-month if we start to feel a bit of a sea change and a bit of more of that forward movement. Yeah, I completely agree, right? So that's where it could get a little frustrating. It's just not like, okay, because you know on paper Venus is direct, (laughs) but like you start to feel that forward motion and yet it's not fully forward motion, right? In terms of also we're still maybe reassessing, you know, oh, I re- I connected to this way that I want to deeply, truly uh, express myself with integrity, but I'm still in Mercury retrograde for the first two-ish weeks. Like, how is the best way to communicate that, right? Mm-hmm. What is the best way to sort of put my ducks in a row, you know, and organize things and maybe, you know, look at a new way of systematizing or organizing or creating a structure so that what you connected to that does have deep 
and reverential value can be, you know, shared with the most integrity and the most efficiency. Yes, that's such a good Virgo word, efficiency, organizing and efficiency. So it's a great time to be doing that. Yeah. So, and, and I think, can I say one more? God, I'm just have, like chat, well, of course chatting. You can. You're right chatty today, Steph. Go for it. Well, just thinking too, right? Like that, you know, Mercury retrograde in Virgo is, you know, really looking at, right, our relationship to perfectionism. You know, mm. really looking at actually like how organized do you have to really be? Like <laughs> also that spectrum of like being too organized or not being organized enough. I mean, I think that there's something to be said in terms of that learning that we can have that two plus weeks. But to your point, I feel like after the 15th, just because there's a new moon on the 14th, like let's go. Yeah, <laughs> let's indeed, indeed. And speaking of Virgo, Let's talk about the Virgo new moon on the 14th. Now, this new moon is trine Uranus. Uranus is the uh, planet of surprises and change and transformation and shaking things up. So it's definitely going to influence that new moon in Virgo. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I wonder collectively if there's not just some sort of breakthrough related to thing, either related to work or related to labor, you know, Virgo topics are related to agriculture, you know, related to like the connection to the land and it's sort of surprising. And then also there's big news around that time because of the Mercury station. But for us personally, I mean, one, where's Virgo in your chart, right? So where is this like this new monthly cycle? Where is it taking place? And, you know, where is it that we can leave ourselves a bit of surprise? You know, like I want to start something new when it comes to my Virgo, my well-being, you know, how I work through my everyday world, my everyday life. And to leave a bit of surprise of so that like an inventiveness can come forward. As opposed to like, this is the way it is. And I have this rigid perspective of what I want to create. It's like, let some wonder in. Yeah, let some wonder. And I love that because, you know, as we're talking about, Virgo can kind of get stuck in its pretty little head and get, you know, weighed down by those do those details and doing things a certain way. And so to have that open mind and that more expansive, what can the universe maybe show me today, I think is a really great way of being with that moon. And it's going to be interesting to see kind of what gets shook out, you know, with that Uranus energy. Yes, exactly. Okay, so what have we got next? And you were talking a little bit about this um, when you were talking about the different energies is what was coming to my mind was the word balance and about how can we balance these different energies. And of course, this month we go into Libra time with the autumnal equinox on the 23rd. So that's when the sun goes into Libra. And also that's a big shift in energies is really where we go into those more introverted, the, you know, the darker, the inward um, time of the year. And personally, I love fall. Fall is my favorite time of year. It's my birthday time. I'm a Libra. Yes. <laughs> but I love that shift from like, you know, the outgoing sun to being more like, like I was at the bookstore the other day buying books. I thought this is a time where I'm going to read and I'm going to dig into 
more of these kind of quiet, introverted types of energies. Mm, I love that, right? And then also in that, that to what you said before, like that focus on balance, that focus on fairness, that focus on equanimity, you know, it it becomes also, although inward, like perhaps more of a social time or where we like look and and we weigh and measure our relationships or our relationship to relationship. You know, how (laughs) can we call forth more beauty into our lives? And what does that really mean to us? I mean, that's a very personal thing. So, you know, also finding our relationship to to fairness and to equality and that maybe those are not just like objective concepts, right? Really, but owning like that it's our subjective definition of perhaps of what fairness, equality, justice means, but that that really does capture a lot of our attention in in Libra season. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, as you're talking about, you know, beauty is a very personal thing or a very personal aesthetic. I think the same can be said for truth. Mm-hmm. And Libra is a sign of truth and fairness and, like you said, equality. And it's always so interesting to me that, you know, everybody has their own truth and your truth may not be the same as everyone else's. And so perhaps this is a time to not only get in touch with what your truth is, what, you know, your sense of beauty is, but also to be mindful and open to what other people, what the differences, the beauty of the differences, so to speak, is like to be able to realize and maybe learn something from somebody else's personal truth or what their sense of what's important. And so maybe there's, you know, more of that kind of opening around equality and inclusiveness and really just being open to what other people think. Yeah, I love that, right? It's like the spaciousness of making space for another perspective, another orientation, you know, another person's viewpoint. And then again, it's that weighing and measuring, weighing and measuring and finding a balance in that. So I love that. Yeah, and the other thing I think people sometimes forget a little bit about Libra is Libra can be a bit of a perfectionist as well, like Virgo. Like Libra definitely likes things to be right, and Libra can get their um, their knickers in a twist, so to speak, when things are out of bounds or gosh, this doesn't seem fair. And so I think we've also got to be a little bit mindful and give some room for that to to not get over tweaked about, you know, if things are not meeting your standards of fairness. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Well, the next thing we're going to talk about is the full moon in Libra. And the full moon, let me look at the date for that, is on September 29th. 29th. Yes. Go ahead. Let's talk a little. Oh, no, excuse me. Aries full moon, not Libra full moon. But the full moon in Libra season, so. Yeah, there you go. Let's talk about the Aries full moon and that kind of the juxtaposition or polarity between that Aries, go, 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 me, me, me uh, energy and that Libra, let's play nice and, you know, let's all share the playground. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting as you're saying that it's sort of feels like not like a wake up call, but like, you know, we're like moving forward. We're six days into Libra season. We're concerned about grace and harmony and how's the (laughs) flow and all that. And then that Aries moon comes and it makes that full moon. And it there's a reminder of 
wait a minute, what do I want? Like, or what do I, what can I create? Or like it, it becomes there, it brings in not just about the we, but it also brings in about the me. And so there's that balance between the we and the me and right, putting both of those on the scale. And, you know, also thinking too, with the moon and Aries, it feels good to champion. It feels good to initiate. It feels good to like feel desire, you know? And so perhaps, you know, that Aries full moon, one of the things that it brings every year is like really connecting to our sense of spirit of what do I want to fight for? Like, do I want to fight for beauty? Do I want to fight for justice? Do I want to fight for this relationship? And in what way? Um, so like really like how we can use that sense of our deepest sense of like spirit and spark, like, and to what extent and where we want to channel that. Yes. Yeah, we're talking about this. I think this would be a, a, a wonderful time to talk a little bit about the difference between the new moon energy and a full moon energy. And of course, Stephanie is a moon expert because she's written a wonderful book on the moon. I highly suggest it. But when I think about the full moon, I think about not doing anything. I think about completion. I think about, you know, just kind of wrapping things up, but it's not necessarily that way. Correct. Yeah. Um, Okay, but not an ex. So funny, like people say ex, but I have a thing against that word ex, but but whatever, that's its own story. But sorry (laughs) for that, publicly sharing that. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I think at a full moon, right, like something comes to light, you know, notably to that thing that we may have planted at the new moon, something comes to light, something becomes really illuminated. And in part of that illumination seems to have to do with this um, balancing of opposites, right? I mean, that's what makes the, the full moon light up. You know, the sun and the moon are in opposite signs. And so we have, and this is, I think, where it could be really tense in a full moon because there is that conflict because it's like, I'm standing here on this side of the table and you're on the other side of the table. And it's, wait, we're seeing things from a different orientation, but that's the beauty. Like, to that acknowledgement that we're just coming from this, you know, we're part of the same coin. We're just, you know, opposite sides of it. So what comes to light then? And then what do we do with that? And how do we move forward, say, the the rest of the, that lunar cycle with that awareness? You know, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes the awareness is like, wow, look how cool this is. And look what I did. And look what got created. And we can revel in that. And sometimes it's, oh, that. Hmm. Right. It's not that the full moon always brings the like the yummy awareness. It could also bring that awareness and that clarity of, oh, this didn't really work out or isn't really working out how I wish it would. So instead of ignoring that, what do I do with that and take that awareness through us into the rest of the lunar cycle? Oh, that's great. And the the full moon, and I also, when I think about the full moon, I think about a very heightened kind of energy. And so whatever the subject matter is, it's like it all kind of gets heightened, which, you know, wants our attention and wants our awareness one way or another. Okay. So that was a little, a little 411 on the moon. Yeah. And also that day too, right? So again, that Aries full moon being not just about relationships, but because it's in Libra season has that relationship focus or partial focus. We also have a Venus Uranus square. Oh, right. So, and we had one like in August too, because, um, you know, so Venus Uranus, you know, Venus is about love and relationships and beauty and squaring Uranus. It's like be open for surprises. So it does also feel like how can you not 
be in a sense of rigidity as to like how to approach a partnership or what might occur in terms of what like you, you know, what becomes illuminated for you. So again, like leave space, shake things up. You know, I always like to use Uranus energy very proactively, you know, instead of like going to the same old place for the same old date night, like where, what else can we do? Where else can we go? Who else can we invite? Like really just like keeping an open space and inviting in freshness. Yeah, that's great, especially in the relationships. And, you know, with that Uranus, things do sometimes get broken apart which is always something to think about. But I also, I love the idea of being uh, really open to doing things differently. Yeah. All right. So once again, it's time for the tarot card of the month. And we are going to do what we now do as a usual thing where I am shuffling as we speak. And I'm going to shuffle until Stephanie says stop. And then where I stop on will be the card for the month. So you just let me know when. Okay. Stop. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Card for the month is the Four of Swords. Swords are the realm of air, which is so perfect for Libra season. And in the tarot, the realm of air, much like astrology, is the realm of the mind, the intellect, the way we think, perception, inspiration. Typically, fours are numbers of things being at rest. A lot of times people can get a little frustrated, there's that word again, with four energy because they feel like nothing's happening. But fours are very strong around foundations and stabilizing things. It's a wonderful time to cultivate whatever you've already, you know, planted or whatever roots you've already, you know, put into the ground. And so with the four of swords, it reminds me a little bit of a retrograde or especially like a Mercury retrograde, right? Because the four of swords says, take a step back, don't overthink things, let things go. And by doing that, you're going to get new insights and new inspirations, but that's not going to happen if you're too involved or trying to push things forward. So it's very much a card of stepping back. It's a card of allowing grace into the situation. It's a card of surrendering and knowing that if you're paying attention, you are going to get new insights and new information will come to you. So that's the four of swords. That's a great card to have for the month of September. That seems great, especially for the Mercury retrograde period, yeah. like until the 15th. Yeah. That is yeah. great that like that at restness. At, at rest. And when things get a little heated, what this card says is ask for grace. Mm. Pull in. I think that's very Libra, very li- I have to say. Very. <laughs> yes, it's just pulling that grace. That's great. So I was thinking too, maybe this is very Virgo of me or tapping into the Virgo energy because we never do this, is just to recap the dates, right? Like, so. Um, I'm going to recap and I can't even remember them. Okay. So Venus was retrograde began on July 22nd and goes out of retrograde on September 3rd. We have September 4th, Jupiter goes retrograde until December 30th. We have the Virgo new moon on September 14th. 
Mercury goes out of retrograde on the 15th. And then what was there? Oh, the 23rd is the equinox. And the 29th is the Aries full moon with the Venus Uranus square. Well done, Stephanie. Well done. <laughs> very Mercury and Virgo, like very much so. to those details. <laughs> we actually have a wrap up this month. And speaking of wrapping up, we always love hearing from you. Please reach out to us at so divine.us. Um, and also you can always reach me at meganskinner.com. Stephanie's at stephaniegaling.com. What's coming up for you uh, this month in September? Have you got any events planned? I do. For my our Seattle friends, I'll be doing an event at Fruit Super and Foundry Vineyards on September 7th down in Pioneer Square. I'll be doing a meet and greet and doing 20-minute astrology and oracle readings. There'll be somebody there doing aura photography. I saw that. And- I really oh, I want my aura photograph. <laughs> you should come. And History and Industry is doing a jewelry trunk show and it's always just such a wonderful time there because it's such a beautiful space and everyone's so nice and fun so I have that going on and then really just dedicating myself also to doing my new my session work where I've been you know inviting in more like family constellation works into the session so um you know I've just been really loving like my work with my clients has been extra special over the last few Mm, months so I have some space for and I also have some space for new clients in September yeah yeah. Well, what you? have I got yeah. coming what do you, up? What do you going? Well, you know, I it's not September, it's October actually, but I do have a class that I'm I love teaching. It's called Spirit Guide Exploration and it's actually online so it's going to be open to everybody and it's where I really take you through how to connect into spirit guides and what are spirit guides and how can you do that safely and kind of demystify if you will that whole realm. So that's later in October. I am taking a little journey in September to Mexico City. So um, in the middle of the month. So if you want to book a session, probably reach out sooner rather than later. So excited for your voyage. So good. So good. So big thanks to everyone. Big thanks to you, Megan. Big thanks to everyone listening. Of course, big thanks to our producers, Sebastiano Tecchio and Nick Petri. And have an amazing September. September.